You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Good morning, Harvest, and happy Canada Day. What a great nation we live in. I was just on a Zoom call prior to recording this for this morning with our family uh, of pastors across Canada. We had people all the way from Vancouver right through. I think I was the most easternly. Uh, and uh, we, we prayed together and we worshiped together and we encouraged each other about this great nation of ours. So just happy Canada Day. I hope you had a great time celebrating that with your family or with your 10. Wow, your 10. I hope you, uh, <laughs> I hope you had a really great time. We are starting our new series. And the series for July and the series for August really are to prepare us for September. As I just sense, and I'm submitting to you, that I feel like God wants to at least begin something. I don't think September is going to be uh, like off the charts uh, different, but I think September, as God is saying, get ready. And that's just, it's as simple as that. Just get ready for September, and God wants to do something at Harvest Christian Fellowship here in September. So we're getting ready for that. And one of the great ways to get ready uh, for our next season is to begin to pray and, and just prepare our hearts. And so we're starting today uh, with Craig Rochelle's book, Dangerous Prayers. Now look, if you haven't been able to download the book yet or purchase it, I hope you'll do that. Now you won't miss anything. I, I don't want you not to be here and be a part of what we're doing here in July if you didn't get the book. The book will add to. It'll kind of fill in some blanks for you and, and really make this study, uh, I think, worthwhile. Now, if you didn't get the book for whatever reason, I, I don't want you not being a part. So uh, we have some notes and uh, we have some things for you. You should be able to follow along. And so this book, this month series is called Dangerous Prayers. <laughs> I want to pray a dangerous prayer right now. Lord, as you go deep into our hearts, Lord, we want to learn how to give you permission. Lord, to give you permission into our lives. You're uh, not someone who intrudes. You're not someone who comes in in a controlling fashion into our lives. But you respect our free will. You respect our I want to. You respect our ask. And Lord, you are waiting for us to ask you for more. More of your presence. More revelation of who you are and your goodness. More miracles. More of the supernatural. Lord, you want to use us in an unprecedented way in this region. And so, Lord, as a church, we're saying we want to get ready. We want to be ready. And so, Lord, help us understand dangerous prayers. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, yeah, come on, amen. So when you think about it, what would be dangerous about praying? And uh, really, what we're going to be talking about is not a safe prayer. A safe prayer is God bless me. Uh, God, you know, as I'm about to, ready to eat my food, I don't want to be poisoned, bless this food to my body. Uh, we jump in the car to go somewhere, Lord, we pray for journeys, mercies. Those are great prayers. I don't want you to stop praying those prayers, but they're safe in the sense of they're blessing prayers. As I just prayed a moment ago and let off with a dangerous prayer, when we talk about a dangerous prayer, what we're really saying is this. We're giving God permission. 
God will not intrude into your life. God is not controlling. He will not manipulate you. He will not make you do something that He wants you to do. But He will wait for you to cooperate by giving you his, your will. Saying, God, I want to. God needs permission to work in our lives. And we want to give Him that permission. And this is a month to give God deeper access, more access to our lives. And as we do that, it's not a matter of God finding us wanting or, you know, what a mess we're in. And so God wants to tune us up. It's about God being able to fulfill our call. God being able to complete the book, as I've been talking about. There are things in your life and in my life that hinder us from the fulfillment of what's in our book. And so these are dangerous because as God answers these prayers, you will be left saying, yes, God, or no, I don't want to go, go there with you, God. And my prayer is that we'll all be able to say, yes, God, let's go deeper, let's go further into what he has. Next week, we're going to talk about the prayer, break me. <laughs> it doesn't even, sound, doesn't even sound nice, does it? But it really, it's, uh, so we're going to look at the study of brokenness and how brokenness in my life and brokenness in your life brings true intimacy with the Lord, a deeper intimacy, a deeper understanding of His love in our lives. And so that's going to be a great, uh, a great prayer that we're going to learn. And, and by the way, these aren't one time and done prayers. These are daily kind of how-to overarching prayers that should become a part of our prayer life. And, uh, and so break me. And then uh, after that, we're going to look at uh, the prayer, Lord, send me. I think a lot of us, like convenience. <laughs> we don't like being put out. I think that's maybe why COVID is such a challenge for many of us, because it's just challenging us in that area. And I think a lot of us would say, God, send me wherever I want to go. <laughs> God, use me wherever I want to be used. What we're going to learn in the last week, send me, is that we are giving God a blank contract well, well, we, we, we sign it first <laughs> and then hand over a blank contract to God. And we're saying what, basically whatever God, whenever, however, I'm available to you. Whatever you want my life to be, Lord, here it is. Send me. And I really feel like some of our lives are going to be dramatically changed, really forever. As we learn this prayer, God, my life is not my own, and I get that now. My life is to be given to you. It's, in fact, the scriptures say that it's no longer I who live, but Christ Jesus who lives in me. I was bought at a price, and I give my life willingly to the Lord. That's when the fun really begins, when we give our lives to God. So we're going to begin today uh, with an equally dangerous prayer, Search Me, in Psalm 139. You know, all of us, I think, have faced opposition at times in our life, and all of us have come under the judgment of somebody else, or somebody's looked at our motives and said, you know, misunderstood them. And that's horrible. That's, that's an awful place to be. And I don't know how you respond to that, but I respond like this. I get defensive. I put up my dukes. I, I want to defend myself. I want, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Or I want to explain my motives. And uh, David in, in, in Psalm 139 is actually under attack of his enemies. They are questioning his motives. They're questioning everything he's doing. And instead of doing what I do, David takes a posture of a dangerous prayer. And he prays this. 
Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I'd like us to read it together. Now notice I didn't say pray it together because I don't want to pray it yet. I want you to pray it after you understand it. But let's say it again together. Ready? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now what I want to do is break this prayer down into some bite-sized pieces because we're going to need to swallow this. <laughs> For some of us, this is going to be difficult to swallow. But man, if we can do this, I, I, I want to guarantee you, your life in God will go deeper. Your understanding of who He is, there'll be more revelation. These are dangerous prayers in, in, in the sense of they will affect our will and your will's going to feel like it's being crossed. But as you submit to God, Oh, man, is this good stuff. So we want to start with this phrase, search my heart. Now, this is interesting. Think about it. The all-knowing God who already knows everything that's in my heart, knows everything about me, nothing is hidden from God, and I'm saying, hey, God, why don't you search my heart? Why don't you look inside my heart? And so even as I say that, you probably already understand where we're going. We're giving God an, an invitation to look into our heart, which we ourselves don't understand. We ourselves don't really know. You say, I think I know myself pretty well, Pastor Roy. Well, then let's consider this scripture. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. <laughs> that's that's kind of candid. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. We don't even know the motivation of our own hearts sometimes. And this has been a prayer of my heart for many years. This has been a prayer that I've prayed to God. I want to share it with you. And I've said, if you've been around me, you'll probably have heard me say, you know what? I don't trust myself. And what I'm saying is I don't trust my own heart because sometimes my heart is motivated for me selfishly and not always motivated towards the things of God. And I want God to examine my heart. I want him to know my heart. I'm going to be 57 in August. And uh, not too long ago at 50, I had to have an examination for my life insurance. I guess the company thought, uh, well, you know, maybe we don't want to insure you anymore because you're going to die soon. I, I don't know. But that's kind of a standard procedure that at 50 or thereabouts, they'll, if you have life insurance, they'll uh, send someone over. Uh, they sent a, a medical person uh, and they met me in my office. They asked me a whole bunch of questions. I'm going, yeah, yeah, I feel fine. I feel great. Everything's good. Yes, yes. And, and, and I just kind of went down through the list and there was nothing they were asking me that I thought was kind of out of whack with my health. I thought, I've, you know, I feel really good. I feel fine. The gentleman put the blood pressure cuff on me, <laughs> took my blood pressure, and he said, uh, why don't you lay down? Lay down? 
I don't lay down and take blood pressure. What, what's going on? Because I always just like to take another reading. So I got into a position where I laid down um, and uh, he put the blood pressure cuff back on. Four more times took my blood pressure until he finally said, um, you have to go to a doctor to be examined. You're unassurable with blood pressure as high as it is, and the doctor has to write off that you're not gonna die of a heart attack. So you need to go and get your heart examined. Well, I did that, I went to the doctor, and, uh, and, and I went and I had my heart examined and find out why was my blood pressure, which I didn't know was high. I felt fine. And feeling fine in life and feeling fine spiritually sometimes can be deceiving because we don't know that there are things looming and hiding in our hearts that can cause us spiritual heart failure. And we want to make sure that we're ready for this next season, ready for all that God has. And God's motivation to be invited in to examine our heart is so that we can know if there's anything that isn't right. If there's anything standing in the way of our, our relationship with him, our relationship with others, and our relationship with our purpose here on the earth to fulfill week three, send me. And so as we build on these prayers, we, we start with knowing what's in our hearts. We need to know. We need to know what's there. And so when the doctor told me what was going on, I, I changed my diet. I lost some weight. I de-stressed my life, at least the best I could. And that all proved to be really good. <laughs> it wasn't easy to do, but there was a great reward of knowing I would live longer, I would live healthier, and I would be better because I dealt with the heart, physical heart issues. And with the Holy Spirit, it's very similar. He wants to deal with the heart issues. And so we're beginning with search me. Lord, would you look into my heart what is standing in the way? I can promise you the Holy Spirit will be answering that prayer, those prayers, even this week, as you take time and pray, Lord, search me. Show me what's in the way. Show me attitudes. Show me uh, my character. Show me things that uh, you want to change and transform from the inside out. David goes on, and he says this. He says, he says search me, know my heart, so I can know it. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, my anxious thoughts. What he's really saying is, would you reveal my fears? Most of the time, we are not aware of the internal dialogue in our heads. We don't really tune into it or pay attention to it, although it's going on all the time. And if you're like me, uh, when I'm alone, my internal dialogue, I actually, I put voice to it. Uh, Aaron will say, what did you say, Dad? And I go, I'm just talking to myself, Aaron. <laughs> we all have a driving internal dialogue. And for a lot of us, that internal dialogue is not healthy. It's not good. Um, it, it, it really kind of reveals the internal fears that we have. And those fears often are driving our lives so that we're reacting to life and not responding. We're reacting to circumstances instead of responding. And we want to give God permission into our internal dialogue so that we can adjust it. Looking at what we're afraid of. Are you afraid of losing your job? I'm not a top, when I talk about fears, I'm not talking about spiders. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about internal dialogue that drives your life. Are you afraid of losing your job? Are you afraid of not getting married by such and such an age because, well, life would be over if that happened or didn't happen? Are you afraid of being stuck in a marriage that, 
maybe is going nowhere and you feel like I, I don't know if it's getting any better and that's, that's, a, that's a source of fear for you. Are you afraid of the future and the unknown? Are you afraid of failing? Are, are you afraid of succeeding? Some people are afraid of succeeding. Are you afraid of loss? What if I lose somebody? What if I lose my friend? What if I lose a loved one? If I lose something that I value so dearly, could I go on? And so many of us have this internal dialogue going on that is taking us places in life that we need not and should not be. And God needs access to reveal those thoughts to us. And I need to say it this way, because you might wonder, well, why would God need access to my thoughts? And I mean, I, if I don't worry about this, someone needs to worry about this, exactly. Anxious thoughts, anxiety and worry, we think we're supposed to do it. We've been trained that, you know, if it's serious and you really care about this, then you should worry about it. No, you shouldn't. And no, we shouldn't as Christ followers. We need to understand if worrisome thoughts and anxiety are driving us. Because listen here, listen, what we fear the most reveals to us where we trust God the least. I, I want to say that again. What we fear the most, those driving internal dialogues, will reveal where we trust God the least. He wants us to trust Him in every area of our life. If I'm scared to death that my marriage isn't going to work, well then I, I stop trusting God in my marriage and I take God and I start to worry and I, I start to exert control and manipulation and do all of those things. If, if, if I have a massive fear of, 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 of failing, and I like to pause there because as I begin to give God access into my life, and I began to pray this prayer a number of years ago, I began to realize that I had a deep-seated fear of failure. And so, as I gave God access to those thoughts, what God began to show me is I, be, I was a people pleaser. I wanted to make sure I was enough for everybody. And if you told me that I wasn't enough, that deeply hurt me and that deeply caused me grief and pain that I, need not, I shouldn't have had that. Because instead of moving forward knowing that God had called me and God had equipped me, I was trying to be all things to all people because I didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want to fail. Was I righteous enough? Was I good enough? Was I wise enough? Was I whatever enough? And that became a driving fear in my life. I had to realize that perfect love, God's love, casts out fear. We've been not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and power and soundness of mind. When you pray, God, reveal my anxious thoughts. God, show me what's driving my internal dialogues you may have to acknowledge what you've been unwilling to acknowledge for years. What you just thought you were supposed to worry about. What you thought was just kind of what you go through life with, but instead God's going to show you it's actually the suitcases and baggage that are burdens that He doesn't want you to carry. He wants you to set down so that He can show you that He's all things to you. Search my heart. Reveal my fears. I told you these were going to be dangerous prayers if you will submit your life and open your heart up and let God have, this, have these areas of your life. He goes on and says, God, let, see if there's any offensive way in me. And I guess a really easy way of saying this is, is, is there areas in me, we would call them sin, we would call them 
you know, contrary to God and breaking God's law. And I want to be careful because so often we can kind of get into this legalistic where we're trying to keep track of how many sins have I committed and, and we become the sin police and we can get to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we've talked about this before so quickly. We want to live in the tree of life. So we know that Jesus has forgiven our sin and he's faithful and just. And if we, we ask him, he forgives us. So this isn't being paranoid about, did, did, I, did I do something wrong and God's going to be angry at me? And God doesn't get angry when we sin. I want you to think about offenses. Is there anything in me that's offensive? Is there anything in me that causes God to be offended? And you can think of it this way. Um, if you're married, uh, it's, it's very easy to know when our spouse, our significant other um, that, we're, that we're with, uh, that person offends us, hurts us, causes us pain because they've done something that's violated us and violated something we've agreed to in the relationship. And it's very, very easy to see when they do that to us. It's more difficult to see the guy in the mirror and to look in the mirror and feel like, well, I'm not offensive. I haven't done anything wrong. And yet our spouse is probably feeling the very same way about us. And so it is very, uh, in, in, that, in that setting, to understand how when we do something to offend our spouse, the person that we love, and we hurt them because we're doing something, listen now, contrary to the relationship and, what's, and contrary to what's best for that relationship. We're hurting the relationship. And that's what David is saying. And that's what I'm after here is we're praying the dangerous prayer of saying, God, I look in the mirror and I say, hey, I've got it all together. I'm doing really good. But God may want to point out areas of our life where there's offensive ways in us that he wants to change. He wants to begin to do uh, some work in our lives. He wants to uncover what's hurting my relationship and your relationship with him. Our perfect and loving and supportive Heavenly Father isn't looking for an opportunity to find us wanting or find where we're, we're messing it up. No, He's wanting to find that area that's standing in the way of us truly drawing on Him, truly trusting Him, and truly loving Him back so that we can partner with Him in all that He's called us to be. Listen, um, I, I want to tell you this, that when you pray this prayer, <laughs> our hearts tend to hide. Remember I said in that we look in the mirror? When we pray this prayer, we're going to begin to hear the Holy Spirit, but we're going to begin rationalizing almost immediately. No, 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 God can't have that. That, that area of my life isn't offensive. No, no, I, I, don't, I don't really get angry. I just get passionate. No, I, I don't really kind of drink to medicate and numb. Um, I, I don't drink too much. You know, we, we begin to rationalize. And so I want to tell you right now, if you go into rationalization mode, the Holy Spirit's probably talking to you. So here, here's some things to think about so that you don't rationalize with God. Uh, first of all, has anybody else ever tried to tell you what you're hearing the Holy Spirit tell you when you open your heart and say, is there any offensive way in me? Is there two or three people that have stepped up to bat in your life and brought the very same thing in front of you, but you rationalized it? Chances are 
This is an area the Holy Spirit's after. You know, you might say, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just how things are. This is how I cope. It's really nobody else's business anyway. And why are you judging me? <laughs> Chances are that's an area the Holy Spirit's after. Another, another way to help you. Uh, where are you most offensive? Where do your dukes come up the quickest? <laughs> that's probably an area that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about an offensive area in your life. Make the decision, make the decisions today that when the Holy Spirit puts his finger on that area of your life, you'll just submit quickly. Say that with me, submit quickly. Submit quickly. It is the best way to respond and not to rationalize. Your identity will begin to change and you'll begin to understand what it truly means to be in Christ to be in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. As the Holy Spirit reveals, grace is poured out. He doesn't leave you on your own to deal with this circumstance or situation that he finds offensive in your life. He'll put his finger on it. He will identify it, and he will pour buckets of grace on your life to overcome and be a victor. Let me say it again. Wherever he identifies, he will pour grace. The last part that David talks about is lead me. Lead me. I don't want to just have it identified. I want to move forward in my life. And I want to be all that God's called me to be. When you have the courage to pray this very dangerous prayer that we're learning today, search me God, you have permission to look deep into the depths of my deceitful heart. <laughs> and show me God. Test me. Reveal to me my anxious thoughts. Show me the very places that I fear the most because that shows me where I trust you the least. See if there's any offensive way in me. No, I'm not pointing my finger at anybody, God. I'm not going to blame anybody else. I'm going to let you reveal what I need to hear so that I can be led forward. I want to challenge you today. I told you this was dangerous. I told you this wasn't going to be easy. And yet at the same time, I hope you're stirred. I'm excited. I want to go deeper and further with God. And I know, as I've learned over the years of my own life, when I've given God permission, I've opened my heart and said, search me. This prayer will become a daily prayer for you. In fact, I challenge you to do that this week. Start this week, every morning, just quietly sitting before the Lord. And maybe each day do a section of this prayer and just say, search me. Search my heart. Know me. Where are my fears? What is driving my internal dialogues? As you begin to pray this prayer as a daily prayer, you will find that the Holy Spirit will begin uh, coming alongside you in a level of intimacy that you've never known Him. I wanna pray for you today. Lord, I thank you that you're encouraging us. You're getting us ready. Lord, you're preparing our church. And I've learned that often in these seasons of preparation for another season, Lord, that you begin stirring into the very depths of our heart. You, 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 you want to do a deeper work. Today, you're asking for our permission. I love that about you. I love, Lord, that you've never manipulated me. You've never controlled me. You've never made me do something. You've never forced my hand. But you've always invited me. Lord, today, I give you permission. Lord, I pray for every person listening today, reading the book, and as we do this work, Lord, as we give you the permission to search, to know, to reveal, and to lead us, 
Lord, that we'll all know the joys of your grace being poured out today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.